Welcome to Lead with Confidence, the podcast where we will explore the journeys of leaders who inspire, empower, and believe in others. Join me to discover your self-confidence in love, life, and leadership. I'm Desiree Petrick, owner of Intentional Action, motivational speaker, and executive coach, and I can't wait to join your journey to learn what it means to lead with confidence. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Lead with Confidence. I don't know about you, but I tend to make things a little bit harder than they need to be. So for the past two months, I have been recording on a platform that makes it a little bit harder to follow up with some of the things that I am excited to do with this podcast, which is to show you clips and get you really excited before even listening. And in order to do that, I have found a much easier way in that I am recording on a new platform. However, with new things always comes some tweaks that need to be made. So I did notice in this podcast recording with my friend Taylor that the audio is maybe a little bit skewed. I appear to be talking very loudly where she appears to be talking very softly. So I apologize about that, but just know that this conversation is fire. It's absolutely worth listening to, and I will continue to work out the kinks as time goes on. But until then, I want to introduce to you my friend Taylor. She is a national national speaker, author, strategist, serial entrepreneur, and the podcast host of the top 10% globally ranked high performer podcast. That was a lot of words. She loves educating and inspiring high performers to make the most of their one life through life design, human optimization, high performance, online entrepreneurship, and personal branding. When she's not handing out permission permission slips and mic drops in her online content, you can usually find her creating epic spreadsheets, sipping on multiple beverages, and using too many exclamation points, probably simultaneously, which means that Taylor and I have that particular thing in common. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you my friend, Taylor. The first thing that I always ask someone, Taylor, is if someone only has three minutes, how would you sum up what it is, the message that you would hope to get across to them? I can do it in less than three minutes. And that is truly just to make the most of your one life, right? We get one of these that we know of and being able to, you know, live with such intentionality that you make the most of it, right? A lot of what I do is helping people prevent deathbed regret and intentionality is one of the biggest pieces of that. So what would you say is one of those, one or two of those biggest regrets that you're hearing from people when they start to work with you? Yes. So I don't do as much with my clients um, in terms of regrets, but um, I mean, I do hear it a lot. I did a ton of research for a book that I just recently wrote and some of the major ones were people realizing that they weren't actually connecting with their loved ones and being present, that they were really putting work first. And so that was a huge deathbed regret um, that I found in the research. And essentially it was, you know, people achieving their goals, like going, you know, ham on all of these amazing things, which is so good, but completely putting relationships on the back burner, not really being able to understand fully what some of their loved ones did for work. You know, we all have some of those people where we're like, I'm not even super sure what they do for work. And it's like, you can, you know, ask more questions and connect with them on a deeper level. But so many of them just had their head down so focused on work. And then another piece of that is 
Um, another major one is living in congruence. So many of them just felt like they didn't show up in life as their true selves. And really, you know, I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's nice to, you know, learn from that. And that was a big piece of the research that I did, but really not showing up as themselves and who they want to be. They didn't even really know themselves. And as you and many of your listeners know, like we are with ourselves every minute of every day for our entire life. And a lot of people walk around not fully knowing themselves. And I know that's such a huge piece of confidence as well is really knowing and understanding yourself. Yeah. I've recently come to understand that like I was friends with everyone in high school and college. I could sit down at any table and mold myself into who I needed to be to fit in with that group. But it wasn't until I started to really be myself and let some of my uh, uh, not aggression, but aggressive behavior, just that personality style that I hold and who I truly am. That's when you start to create those relationships that are based on authenticity versus feeling like you have to be everything for everyone in order to fit in. People will love you because you're you. Absolutely. I love that. So tell us more about your book. I just added it to my Amazon cart. I'm excited to give it a read, but tell us about it. What inspired it? Yes. So my book, um, which hit bestseller lists in five of our six categories, which is amazing. Um, It's titled More Life and it's how to escape busyness, ditch burnout and help people reconnect to what matters most and really help prevent that deathbed regret. So for me, you know, I've been a high achiever my entire life and it's just been, you know, I've just had a natural drive. And in June of 2020, I got a call from a very close family member of mine. I do write about it in the book, close family member of mine that they got really terrible medical news and I needed to be on the next flight home. And, and this was actually my dad. So I should just say who it is. It was my dad and I'm so, so close with him. It was very terrifying for a little bit. Um, We were told that even with treatment, he would only live a year and fast forward till today, he is alive and thriving. He, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. He has been cancer free um, since late 2020. And, um, and so it really was a blessing in disguise because he's happier and healthier now. And it really has changed our lives just going through that process when you're faced with mortality and really understanding and being reminded of the fragility of life. It really makes you question how you've been living it, you know? So for about a month, Um, basically July of 2020, we all kind of lived thinking that he had a year left and you're really thinking about how do you want to be spending that time? How do we want to be spending that time? How does he want to be spending that time? Things like that. And, and really I was able to identify that I had made some major shifts in my life that, that was good. Um, but I still had a lot of work that I wanted to do in case, um, in case I ended up getting news like that in the future too, right? Because we're never really promised tomorrow. And so, um, a lot of reflection and also coupled with my burnout journey. So for most of my twenties, I spent, um, in busy, stuck in busyness and burnout and really chasing 
unaligned achievements and unaligned goals for myself. And it was a lot of things, especially because we have social media now, we have access to all of these people achieving such incredible things and living really amazing lives. Of course, it's always the highlight reel, but we see these things. And so it feels so much more accessible, which is amazing, but also it's very easy to take other people's goals and think that, oh, we need to have these goals too, especially there's entrepreneurs, people, um, you know, even in corporate, a lot of professional goals, we feel like, oh, we have to hit the next revenue goal. We have to hit that next promotion. We have to do these things because that's the next logical step. A lot of times, especially as high achievers, if you have a lot of drive, you're never really asking yourself, is that something that really means something to me? Is it something that I really want? So there was a lot of that in my 20s of just really realizing that I had built myself a business that was based on somebody else's version of success. So it was something I'd kind of been working on um, internally, but especially going through what we had went through in 2020, being faced with that fragility of life, I was like, people really need to really need to take a step back and see if this is how they want to be living their life, really kind of through the lens of that deathbed regret. Yeah, and I have a story similar to yours, but we did lose my mom and about a year and a half ago. And it wasn't until after she had passed away that I realized I had been essentially preparing for something bad without that the morbidity of saying I'm preparing for the other shoe to drop. But when you're living that life of doing habits that essentially add to everything, they continue to build up to this really stable foundation. And when you do define success for what it means for you, and you're able to complete and celebrate that success, that's what's building that stable foundation. So when something does inevitably happen, because we're humans, life happens, that's when we get to say, I I am prepared. I am the best version of myself to deal with what is to come. And I not only do I not have to pick up the pieces by myself because I've built relationships built on that authenticity of who I am. But I also don't have to start from scratch. I have this really strong foundation that I get to build off of. Mm -hmm. And it does put things into perspective. And as terrible as it all is, and as much as I miss my mom every day, you do live a life with a little bit more purpose when something like that happens. This week's episode is brought to you by Natural Cycles, the first FDA-cleared birth control app. It allows you to learn the unique pattern of your cycle with tailored updates and insights. Recently, it was updated to pair with your Apple Watch for effortless tracking. It's hormone-free, non-invasive, and effective. The app was also recently updated to allow your partner to log in and keep track to be a part of the process, either for birth control or planning of a pregnancy. By using my link, you will get 20% off of an annual subscription and a free thermometer. Go to DesireePetrick.com slash natural cycles or click on the link in the show notes. This life design, I spent a lot of time looking at your website and you talk about this life design and feeling rooted and confident in the life that you're creating. What are the first steps in that? If this sounds totally overwhelming to an individual who is a high achiever and does spend a lot of time just checking the boxes, what does it look like to pull back and to start to design a life that you want and not one that you think you're supposed to want? Yes. So what worked really well for me and what I have helped a lot of my clients do is essentially, you know, I would say there people fall in two camps. 
most people listening are high achievers, but I will, and that's one camp. I will touch on the other very quickly, but that is maybe you are not taking action um, in any of the areas that you really want to be seeing improvement or growth or um, areas that maybe you're lacking purpose. And really for that, you just got to start taking action, right? I mean, clarity really is the first step of really figuring out what you want from life. But if you're not taking a lot of action, then you just got to get messy. You got to throw some spaghetti at the wall. You got to try some things because clarity either comes from action or it comes from stillness. So in that first camp, it's really more about taking action. So if you aren't quite sure what you want to do with your career or quite sure where you want to take your business, or you're not quite sure, you know, what fitness goals you want to pursue, if that's something that's important to you, you just got to try a few different things. And in that action, you are going to find a lot of clarity. Most people fall into the high achiever camp. And that really is so much clarity is going to come from stillness because as a high achiever, you've added so many things onto your plate. You have stacked your calendar and your to-do list with things. And so starting to pull back on things just temporarily, I know it's like pulling teeth with high achievers to say, okay, let's take a step back. They're like, no, I want to continue going faster. Like I want to keep going. Um, so it's tough to do that. It's really uncomfortable. If you're an action taker, you're a doer and you do fill your life with, um, with activities and commitments and goals and things like that. But ultimately it's taking a look. I usually tell people try and do at least three months, like take a look at the next three months, just say, okay, I'm really dedicated to pulling back on things, you know, okay, this volunteer commitment I have, do I need to do this in the next three months? If I don't, okay, I'm going to take this away just for now. It's not a no forever. It's a no for right now. And um, even looking at like work and business, like some of these things that are extras, creating more space for yourself and stillness because we it's almost impossible to have a clear head when we are just so stuck in busyness and burnout. Um, and burnout really is more about energy than it is time. So even taking a look at the things that are draining our energy or even just don't excite us, right? That can a lot of times be burnout is we're just, we're doing a lot of things, but we're not super excited about it. So that first step really is just taking away all of the fluff, getting down to just the basics, the roots, the things that you absolutely have to do. And in that space and stillness, you will find clarity in the type of life that you want to live. I hear it time and time again from clients when I'm like, hey, just take like, Friday afternoon, go do a self-care day, you know, or go do a massage or go take a walk in the forest or something like that. Almost always they're like, I got so many ideas of things that I want to change. You know, it's like our mind is always going. And in that stillness, we're really able to figure out what's coming at us. So that's really the first step is really finding that clarity. So either just taking that messy action, throwing spaghetti at the wall or pulling back. Yeah. My 2024 word of the year is space. And I had to remind myself, so I get a massage every month and the worst part of the whole process is the five minutes where you're laying on the table by yourself. You don't have your phone. You don't have anything you can be accomplishing and you're waiting for the massage therapist to come in. And I yeah. literally have to remind myself, I'm like, this was my intention was yeah. to create space for myself. And here it is created for me. And all I can do is think about like, why, why is this taking so long? Like, why am I sitting here with nothing going on? We mm -hmm. have to remind ourselves like that is a good 
thing. We should probably have more of it. So the fact that you're forced into five minutes and you feel anxious and like you're going to lose it if you don't do something, that's a sign that (laughs) you probably have a problem as a high achiever that you don't know how to sit still. So I love that you said you need to create space for yourself to be uncomfortable. And it's not uncomfortable like painful. It's uncomfortable like we're not taking the time to do the things that we should be. So how can you bring that into your life? And even just saying space is my word of the year, the concept has come up over and over and over again because I'm recognizing it in everyday life. It's not like it wasn't there before. You're just paying attention. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So to those individuals who are high performers and they do feel like they need to be productive, you said the first step in overcoming burnout. What does it look like when you do start to transition from that burnout, overwhelm, stress? What does your day-to-day life start to look like? What can you look forward to if you do put the intentional action towards pulling back and allowing some space for yourself? Yes. So the first thing that anybody can expect is feeling uncomfortable. 100%. Um, I always am very upfront about that with people, especially high achievers, because you're going to want to fill that space, right? It's natural for you. It's, you know, it's that drive. It's that amazingness you have to create and to do incredible things in the world. So it is going to be uncomfortable and you have to just continue through that. You're going to want to fill stuff. If you start saying, okay, I'm not working on Fridays or Sundays, you know, for our family, we're not doing, we're not making any commitments, right? That is just family day. Like, so if somebody's like, do you want to go and get coffee? Do you want to? No. You know? So if you start to do those things and you have that space, you're going to want to fill it, but just don't, (laughs) especially as a high achiever. If you are, if you love growth, just know that that uncomfortable feeling is growth, right? Going through that, allowing yourself to sit in that is growth. It is productive and just getting comfortable with that. That was a huge part of my burnout journey because when I really stripped everything down to the bones, life, business, I really just got down to the essentials and really got comfortable with the space. Then I realized how much harder versus smarter I was working towards my goals, like all of the fluff that I was adding in. So once you get through the the time of being uncomfortable, it starts to become comfortable. And now I'm to the place where I won't touch burnout with a 10 foot pole and I recognize it. And so when you can kind of get on the other side, it's so much easier to prevent burnout because I'm just so much more aware and not wanting to commit to too many things and not wanting to take on too many goals at one time and things like that. So the biggest thing is uncomfortable, but ultimately your day-to-day, you start really questioning everything that you do and saying, you know, does this have a purpose? Is this towards something that I I want to want to work towards? So one example that I've used before is like networking, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're a professional um or if you just go out and network in community events for personal connection. I see a lot of high achievers just saying yes to all sorts of networking events. But once you start to really question if things get you closer or further to the life that you want or closer or further to the goals that you want, you start saying, okay, you know, there's three opportunities for networking this week. 
which one is going to be the most important or are none of them going to really get you closer to where you want? And so you start kind of picking and choosing instead of just doing all of them, right? So it it does allow you so much more of that brain space to see if, if it's actually purposeful or not. Because so much of what we do, like I have a whole chapter in the book on why we overdo it, right? High achievers are prone to just overdoing, overachieving and really getting, you know, getting to the place where it's comfortable and you have that brain space to, to ask those deeper questions. And then you will, you will not have a lot of that over committing and will start to work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went in for my yearly physical and I told the doctor, I said, I'm frustrated with myself because I'm not putting as much energy and time into my physical fitness as I want to. She said, but you're aware of it. Like, you're not going to let yourself get past the point of no return because you've entered the growth zone and expanded your comfort zone and you know what you want to feel like. You're not going to let yourself go past that point. So I love the analogy that like if you step out of your comfort zone and get uncomfortable, your comfort zone is going to grow and you're going to get to continue to grow in that space and get to know yourself better. Your self-awareness will be so much greater. So ultimately, I told the doctor, I said, I want you to give me some tough love. I want you to tell me to suck it up, get over myself (laughs) and just do what I know what I need to do to feel better. And so that resonated with me too. I know you're doing a series on tough love on your podcast right now. So tough love, what's the, what is it that you're telling people? What's the message that you're trying to get across with that tough love series? Yes. Uh, Specifically that tough love series is understanding that Things that might be limiting you, you can flip and turn into your superpower. So time, energy, money, clarity, those are things that can hold you back. Or those are things that can propel you forward into the life that you want, the business you want, the career you want, the marriage that you want, the life that you want, really. And so it's it's uncomfortable, but when we think about these things as limitations, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the biggest things that I hear is I don't have enough time, right? You do, you're just spending it somewhere else, right? And I do mean that with a lot of love, but it is, it is helpful to know and to recognize. I mean, it's so powerful when you can start to flip those things. So when you keep saying, you know, things like, I don't have this, I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough money. I don't have you know, my business or my career, my work isn't structured in a way that's going to give me that. Flip it around and say, how can I? How can I have time for this? How can I have money for this? How can I have energy for this? You know, how can I restructure my work to to have this thing or to experience this? So, you know, or even relationships, support, connection. I hear that a lot from high achievers too, is my family and friends don't understand. They don't understand my goals. They don't understand what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to achieve. Okay, so how can you gather the support that you need? How can you have those connections, right? Or how can you help them understand, right? Not everybody is going to understand, but a lot of people probably want to and they're not, you know, voicing that to you. So a lot of that is just whatever is limiting you most likely can be the thing that propels you forward, right? If we flip the script on it and really asking, how can I? So instead of I don't, I can't, how can you? 
Yeah, Rory Vaden wrote a book called Take the Stairs, and he says, when you say, I don't have time, you immediately shut off all creativity that you would have to figure out how to find more time in your day, how to shift the perspective from saying, I don't have enough to, I'm spending it on the things that don't matter. How can I shift it and spend it on the things that do? So absolutely, you can't give away that creativity because it it essentially gives you an excuse. You're Mm -hmm. giving yourself an out to yeah. not put time towards the things that you want. Yeah. And then you're always stuck in the problem, right? You're yeah. always, always stuck in that problem um, versus the how can I immediately your brain is like, okay, searching for solutions. How can I do this? Oh, okay. Like what are all of the different ways that I could make this happen? So yeah, I love that. That's a great book. It is a great book. I love Rory. So you're saying that we need to put our time towards the things that matter avoid burnout, avoid that busyness. But for high achievers, typically we're wanting to invest in ourselves. We're wanting to grow. We want to take those steps into this next level, this next version of ourselves. So where do we invest our time and our money? Where do we invest that so that we can make sure that we're going in the right direction? Yes. So one exercise that I have in the book, and I'll tell everybody a shortened version of it here, um, is First, you know, kind of the clarity piece, getting clear on what you really want your life to look like in every area. So we, a lot of times people do set goals in areas of like finances or health, but we make decisions in every area of our life every day. We just consciously don't know it, right? We're making decisions in our marriage with how we choose to communicate with our partner or Um, the things, the words that we say, like how we say it, actions that we take. Um, We're making financial decisions every day with either how we're spending our money or if we're not spending money, things like that. And so I usually say, create a word of intentionality of how you really want to feel for all of your major areas of life. So this can be like spiritual or religious, yourself um, and your health, marriage um, or significant other um, parent, if you are a parent, like how do you want to feel and be showing up as a parent, um, career or business, things like that. So the biggest thing is really having intentionality in all of those areas. And as far as where to invest, I always say invest towards the top. So you have this list of all of the major areas of your life, order it in importance right? So for some like spiritual or religion is like number one, they're like, that is my absolute number one area of my life, or maybe it's your health. Um, Usually I see those two being the top two. Um, It's very different for everybody. And then maybe marriage is underneath that, you know, usually I see relationships um, and things like that, but really like what are the most important areas of your life and or business? This can work for business too. And you want to start there because it's kind of like a waterfall effect. So if like, you know, if the most important area of your life is you and your health, because you know that when you are healthy and you feel good, you show up, you make better financial decisions, you make better decisions in your business or career, you're a happier, healthier um, version of yourself for your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family. So if that's number one, then that's definitely the first place to invest. And if that is feeling pretty good, if you're like, okay, health would be number one for me. And you're like, I feel pretty good with that. Then what's the next thing? Is it marriage? You know, and checking in with 
how is marriage or this, you know, love or significant other piece, you know, whatever you want to call that category. And that might be the next place to invest. So a lot of times we want to invest time, energy, money into the places that either excite us or we feel like we can get a really quick return. And sometimes that's not the more important areas of our life. So really putting together a list, what are the important areas of your life, prioritizing them in importance, really understanding your um, intentions with each of those areas. So then you can show up and make really intentional decisions and then investing time, energy, money, top to bottom on the list. If you know me, you know that I like to throw around the number 60. That's 60 books read every year. Everything from leadership to fiction and from memoirs to romance. The last Monday of every month, I release an episode of Lead with Confidence where we will dive deep into my favorite personal development book for the month. I will read them so you don't have to. However, I do truly think that books have the power to change your life. So if you're looking to learn and grow with some intentional action this year, check out my five favorite books that have moved the needle for me the most. Head over to DesireePetrick.com slash books. That's B-O-O-K-S. And I'll send you my list along with the links to get your very own copy. That's DesireePetrick.com slash books. Let's read and learn and grow together. So it trickles down everything. I always call it a vessel. Like you have to choose the vessel that you're going to put your time and energy and investment into, even if that's just energy. And for me, I started with physical fitness because I had the time to dedicate to it. I didn't have the distractions to take away from it. And it really did improve everything from mental health to sleep quality to my relationships. You have to choose that vessel and everyone's going to have something different, but it does trickle down into the rest of it. By the time you start checking down the list, you're like, well, my marriage has already improved because of the time and commitment that I've been able to dedicate to something else. So don't feel like you have to do everything all at once. You'd get overwhelmed, stressed out, and burn out immediately, and then you stop. So when you actually take time and say, I'm going to put dedication towards this one thing, it it all kind of works itself out. Absolutely. Um, I want to know more about your book. So this is selfish on my part, but I'm writing a book as well. And I want to know about the process. I want to know what you learned about yourself, what you would do differently, what you would do more of. Tell us all the things. Yes. Um, That is so exciting. I'm just telling you like, and we're in the DMs together. So let me know if you ever have questions too, that I, writing a book truly has been um, the hardest thing that I've ever done at least professionally, in in a good way, right? When you're a high achiever, it's so exciting to pour, you know, your heart, your head and your heart into something so incredible. So um, yeah, what I learned about myself was um, a lot. Um, I would say <laughs> is, I mean, first kind of like in a more tangible sense, I learned how I work best, which is really cool. Um, especially like when writing a book, like really understanding, you know, if you're a write a little bit every day type of person, or if you're a batcher, I found out I made batcher. So I would schedule some writing retreats where all I had on the calendar and the to-do list was just to write the book over a handful of days. And so I did a few of those and that was awesome. And I have had some clients, I've helped a lot of clients write books and most of them fall into the camp of I'm writing an hour every day. Um, which is awesome. So really understanding how you work best is going to be super important. Um, And also for me, it was a huge 
healing process um, because I do have a chapter about um, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and writing that chapter and really the book in general was super healing for me to kind of put a close on that chapter of life. Mm. And also it is, it really took my life to the next level. So especially, you know, as um, high achievers, even like as entrepreneurs or people who just teach something or share something of their passion, we cannot be a hundred percent perfect in what we are telling people, right? That is impossible. It's completely impossible to do that. Um, but especially writing the book really made me reflect on, okay, am I um, implementing this to the best of my ability? And there were a couple areas where I'm like, I've let these areas slip and I'm like, okay, so got to get it together. So it was really nice because it did bring more intentionality to my life. Um, I think that's great for people who are experts or educating on something or even just telling your story. It's really nice reflection to be like, oh yeah, am I also doing this? Either yes or no. And if if you're not, it's, that's a great area for improvement as well. So that was great. Um, and it was the process of writing a book. Are you self-publishing? I'm doing a hybrid option. So okay. I have a publisher, but it's also a book coach. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so the process really was much more simple than I thought. Um, writing a book is not easy, but the, all, all of the logistics so much more simple than I thought, which was, which was really fun. That's awesome. I, yeah so resonate with what you're saying. It's almost an imposter syndrome. It's like, I'm writing these things. I'm teaching these things. I believe these things, but am I living them? Yeah. And if the answer to that question is no, you have to do some self-reflection of, am I deceiving people if I'm writing this in a book or do I truly believe this? And do I just need to reiterate it to myself and start to live it again. I was just um, finishing up a book and I had two chapters left. And all of a sudden it switched from this amazing leadership book about leading with love to this guy had revised his book. And he said, I wrote all these things. I lived all these things. And then I had a really dark period and I had to relearn all of them. And there was something so powerful about reading his honesty and his authenticity and saying like, I, I wrote all these things, I believe them, but I wasn't living them. And here's how I came back into living them. And it almost gave me permission to say, I, it's okay to be a little bit vulnerable and authentic in your book to say, you can't be perfect all the time. It wouldn't be realistic and it wouldn't be relatable. So I, I started writing in a way this morning that I hadn't written before to be able to say, I'm going to be a little more honest and hopefully more relatable to the individuals who read this. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is relatable. You know, I work with a lot of personal brands and, you know, and they're out there sharing what's in their head and their heart. And they are constantly, you know, having that imposter syndrome coming in and things like that. But essentially it makes you even better to be the one that teaches it, even if you're falling kind of in and out of it, because that's where most people are. And you can, number one, you can relate to that and it builds credibility with them. And, um, and you're able to just help them, you know, if you're creating frameworks or, um, you know, step-by-step checklists or suggestions or exercises or things like that, if you're helping somebody with something, it's so much, you know, you're so much better off having gone through periods where you're in and out of it because 
because you're like, I, I know how it feels, you know, instead of just saying, oh, this happened to me once and I've been perfect ever since most that doesn't happen for most people. And so a lot of times you can just, you know, the ego mind steps in and it's just like, oh, well, you just do this and then you're done forever. But most people are like, okay, I did that. And then I fell back over here. And then like, what do I do when I'm kind of like in that middle? So it's actually really a superpower. It is. It allows you to have so much more grace for yeah. people yeah, in your everyday life, in the people that you're working with to just be able to say, I've been there. It's okay to take the time to feel your feelings. Like, honestly, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, but then to keep moving forward in a way that you've proven works, you know, works, you help people. Um, it, there's something really powerful about that. But I want to start to wrap this up, but I have two final questions for you, Taylor. One of which is I gave everyone, so everyone knows I gave Taylor a heads up because as people who like to read, it's impossible, (laughs) nearly impossible to narrow it down to one book. But I gave her the task of one book that you would recommend that you feel everyone should read. Yes. For me, my recommendation is Essentialism by Greg Mm -hmm. McCallum. Great book. And it, that book definitely goes along with a lot of what we talked about today. I mean, in the book, it doesn't have a lot of that content, but if you really resonated with anything we talked about on the podcast today, that is an amazing book, especially for high achievers that do need that pullback. Um, yeah, I love, love that book. It really changed my life. Awesome. Uh, now I'm going to have to re-listen to it. <laughs> um, but okay. One last question. What, sum it up for us. What does it mean to you to lead with confidence? Yes. To lead with confidence to me really means showing up as your full self and validating yourself, not waiting for that external validation, really doing that for yourself. And also following through on the promises that you make for yourself. And we're not going to be a hundred percent on that, But, you know, if you fall off, if you fall off some of those promises, just, you know, getting back on the horse and that breeds confidence, in my opinion, that's been huge for me is even if I, even if I fall off, you get back on and confidence is not about perfection, but yeah, that's what I would say. I love that. I was listening to a Jenna Kutcher podcast this morning and she was interviewing someone who said confidence is not built by doing things and doing them perfectly. It's built by the consistency of doing a little bit every day and proving to yourself that you have what it takes to show up. It's not going to look the same every day and it shouldn't. It would get really boring, (laughs) but to have the consistency to show up every day is what breeds that confidence. So I love that. But Thank you so much for joining me. This conversation seriously lit a fire under my butt, which is what I've been trying to get from different people. Um, And I really just need to look inside myself. Like you said, we just have to give ourselves some space to figure it out and to come to it on our own terms. So thank you for joining me. Um, To everyone who listened today, if you want to find Taylor, let's hear from Taylor. Where can we find you? What can we, where can we go? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Instagram is the best place to connect with me at Hey Taylor Thompson. And then two incredible resources. One is my podcast, the High Performer Podcast, and then also my book, uh, More Life, which is on Amazon. 
Perfect. Well, I'm excited about both of those things. So until next time, everyone, I encourage you to go out and figure out what consistency and giving yourself space and finding some of that self-love looks like. And until next time, lead with confidence. Me as we grow together and learn to lead with confidence. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so appreciated if you would leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. I would love to know which topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. So send me a message on Instagram at Desiree Petrick or send an email to leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com. See you on the next episode of Lead with Confidence.